Hey everybody, Alice mate, talking about uh, a product from Yo Kratom, the best supporter of our style of comedy. Yo Delta. Yo Delta for people that cannot legally purchase marijuana in certain states. For those people, there is Yo Delta. Yo Delta for me, obviously, uh, the $60 crate, the $60 kilo from Yo Kratom, it's the real deal stuff. And the Delta 8. I have the pens. I went to Skankfest, which is Texas, which means you cannot have legal marijuana. It's illegal to have those pens. So I switched out my pens for Skankfest all to Delta 8. And I, there's no, it, it, I don't know. You know, you can get scientific with it if you want to, but I, I just I smoke it and it works. It's exactly the same thing. So if you're in that, one of those states, listen up because I've got a deal for you on some really good stuff. Yo Kratom, uh, use the promo code Alice and you'll get 25% off. Once more, everybody, that's promo code Alice for 25% off. YoKratom.com. Thanks, everybody. Oh, mate, Alice, mate, talking about on it, Alpha Brain. Take it in the morning, fire your brain up, have a coffee or whatever else you have, have some breakfast, take this and find yourself a little bit more mo- motivated, creative and uh, out there a little bit longer, willing to go the extra mile, not feeling as gassed out. And then, of course, Shroom Tech. I don't do all the supplements at on it, so I'm not going to tell you about all of them because I don't want to make up stuff. This one before I work out, this one before I skate. If I've worked out and then I drive down to Hawks Ramp and I have to skate, not have to skate, I'll skate, I'll, I'll do them twice. I don't care. They work. They're great. If you want a discount on all these stuff, all, all these things, onit.com forward slash Ellis. Go there now. Thank you, on it, on it for sponsoring the podcast. to take your uh, glasses, glasses off, off before you spray right, here. Right, 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 right. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show. I've got a guest. It's a weird show because it's on a day that we don't usually record. But uh, when this man said that he could make it to my house, I didn't. I just said yes. And I made it work. So here we are. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Steve-O is on the show. And of course, Tully is dead and was fired. And so was Kevin. Kevin might make it. From the dead, but yeah, Tully died. So there you go. That's what happened to the rest of the show. So it's just us. Wait, that's fast as fuck, boy. Fuck yeah! I just said that you almost died because I know Tully died, but you didn't. I said you might, and then he did. Mm. Kevin Kraft to the studio. This close. Well done. Well done. So podcasting is still reasonably new for you. Yeah. uh, is it a is it a year? Just about. We started yeah. in December. Okay. Yeah. yeah, just about a year. So. And uh, and and you're no longer with SiriusXM at all. 
And, and how long has that been? A year. Wow. Yeah, I think it was, how long did I take to make a studio? It was a week, right? Oh, as in like when construction started and yeah, this I got, no I longer built, was a basement? I built this and made it a studio uh-huh. within a week, I think. Yeah. Good. Yeah. and Because I had a lot of advice. I had a lot of people in the podcasting world. Brendan Sharp um, told me to come over to his house and, and calm me down because at first I shit a brick. I thought it was over. I was right. like, what am I going to do? I'm done. And he was like one of the first people to that I trusted because he's successful in the podcasting game. And he right. goes, dude, relax. Like you're going to, you, you know, there's a transition here. You got to make a pivot, but you're going to be fine. Try, he was like, in three years from now, you're going to be sitting there laughing. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I mean, I was talking about moving out of my house. And he's like, dude, calm down. Like it's not all over. So he was like a really good person. That's great. For that first couple of days. And then Burke Kreischer said, get back on. Like, whatever sure. you got to do, get back on now. So. I mean, it, it was evident to me the whole time that you were at SiriusXM that your fans, your audience was very loyal to you. Yep. Because I would hear about it when I was on the show. And, uh, you know, I would interact with a lot of people doing meet and greets on my tour. And it was just, it was just, Really frequent that I would hear of it. So I I just got the impression that your fans are very loyal. And so it makes sense that, uh, you know, you go from Sirius XM to podcasting, you're going to bring your audience with you. Yeah. I could actually imagine that you would even do better from a financial perspective uh, because whatever Sirius XM was willing to pay you, uh, you know, they're, they're selling their own ads. They give you what they're willing to part with. But now you're in the position where you are selling the ads. And I can imagine that uh, before long, you're going to be making more money than you were at Sirius. I hope so. I hope you're right. I think that you're right on the potential of it all. I think it's just sure. a matter of, um, you know, a little bit of luck, but, of you know, hard work and, and you know, really trying to do the best you can. And I think we're, we're definitely about that. So, right. and, it, and it already has done really good. Like considering what I thought, I'm doing really good. Is it what Sirius is? Not, but I don't. But I know it's getting better. The shows are getting a bit bigger every couple good. of months. So we're, you know, I think it's just a matter of being in there for a little bit longer. I mean, right? How long did it take before your did yours just blow up immediately and stayed at a certain level, or ha- have um, you climbed? It. I, I don't know that I could say that it. Uh, you know went up or down because it just goes up and down like every week. I feel like because my my podcast is so guest driven yeah. that it's it just depends entirely on the guests. Oh, Some wow. Like, and does it matter when the guest says, is it a great interview? Like he breaks something or is it more about that it's person's just name? It's about is- the name recognition. And I'm really at the mercy of that, which, which – uh, it is a little bit frustrating because I have no like control over whether something, right. whether an episode's going to perform. Does that sometime is it sometime- incredibly anxiety-inducing? Yes. Yeah, because I, I feel like the only way I get involved in that was I can relate because SiriusXM, you don't have. I didn't pick people; they gave us people, and there was times where they gave us famous people that I didn't like, and. Not much, but a couple of times I was like, hey, I don't, I'll pass on that. Like, I don't know what I'm going to tell that person that I've always thought he sucked. Like, that's a shit interview. Right. And then I've had bosses say, oh, no, you'll be talking to him. Like, that's going to help open doors for all these other things. And I'm like, 
oh shit, all right. And then it ends up turning into like a fight. Like I dice I, clay flipped yeah, out. Yeah, I remember. I told the, him I didn't the, want him on there. Like I don't know what to wait, do. Was, was the dice clay episode on your show or was that yeah. on the Stern show? No, that was mine. Okay. Yeah, I did that all by and myself. Was, I, I, I recall that vaguely. It was something to do with his son was in there. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so, man, I want to interview you, but. <laughs> right. The, yeah, they, they at first it was, the, the argument was like, you got to let them in and do this thing. And when they, their, their kids' band wants to play. And I'm like, oh, dude. I remember I'm not that. doing that. And he's like, well, they want to do an interview with the band. And I said, well, I'm not doing that. And he's like, well, can they come in with him? And I said, Okay, I can tell that it's like, yes, I'll do that. So then when they come in, halfway through through the interview, he decides, he's like, so you're just going to interview my boss now? And I was like, what? Uh, nah, you're like, we're just going to keep talking. He's like, oh, okay, well, you're going to play their their uh, their their song at least. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, no, because that was back then. Right. It was even more my crowd wanted me to be me at all right. times. And the song was really bad. So I could just feel it when it started playing. I was like, everybody listening is like, you better fucking say it, Ellis. You better fucking say it. And I'm like. You, you know, sugarcoated it pretty well. Right. I said, hey, you know, you guys are, are not signed, right? And they said, no. And I was like, yeah, because you're, you're not ready, clearly. But And, and he right, just okay. went off straight away. Uh, I, I didn't. I know it's your kids. Like, I get it if you right. fucking insulted my kids, but. I also wouldn't bring my kids' shitty band onto a radio show. I'd, right. I'd have a little bit more of an ear for it before I told everybody right. to check okay. them out. But it got, it was one of those things where I don't like it. People like that, but I didn't like it. I could not right. do that. I, if, yeah, I, I, I relate to that. I'm, I'm you've not, done that? Well, no, I, I, I don't like confrontation. I don't like, uh, you know, just kind of, Overly negative shit. Yeah, you know, I look at this whole situation with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, and, and uh, I just wouldn't. I would hate to to be in that kind of a situation where just people are so mad at you. You know, I was watching it, and, and I was entertained by it. This most recent special that he had, and I just felt the whole time thinking, like, oh man. So now he just has to like go everywhere with security and like be worried about like. Wait, he does. I mean, I don't know. You would imagine, really? right? I mean, you think that he has to walk around like there's death threats from that? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think it's more people that are on the left and the right are extra angry about another thing that happened in the news. I don't think it's even Dave Chappelle. It's just that's just like everyone loves to do. It's right. trans. Why? Well, I, I hate trans because the Earth is flat. And then you know, then you get the <laughs> other people. They get triggered right. by that, so they're they're like, "Fuck you, fucking every everybody!" Like, you know, because they go too far. Like, we should start, you know, giving cakes. I don't know. like they're out of control on both sides. They're both embarrassing, right? But it's all it doesn't matter. Like, I I didn't think it was that funny, but he's a genius, regardless. And I don't even I, I got a lot of friends, and I and I got a lot of friends that uh, would prefer to be um, introduced with their pronouns and whatnot, and I don't. I'm still learning and I make mistakes, but I do it because they're my friends and I can tell if I don't, they really hurt by it and it doesn't bother me, so I do it. And I and I know when I see that stuff, I go, oh, that's going to bum out my friends so much. Right. I know it. I don't, I'm not as yes, triggered I, as she is but I, or he is, depending on who it is, I know, but I feel 
I just feel like everyone makes it too much. Like if he just had his special and no one went, did you hear, did you hear, did you hear? We could just move on. But it's like right. and now everyone has to have, have an opinion about Dave Chappelle's fucking special. Like none of us, what are you, a comedian? You don't fucking know. Like, yeah. And if you're not trans or you're not, I don't feel it. Like, you know, it's just fake anger too. Right. I'm pissed. And then you go and get a fucking McDonald's burger and forget about it. Like everyone's the same. Dude, I had this this crazy experience um, early when I started doing comedy. Like I was like barely one year into it, and I got uh, an offer to be on the Charlie Sheen roast. Oh shit! Oh okay, I, I right. think I, I think I saw it. Right, but and that's but- a year in. I was a year into doing stand-up. And and they're just like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. You know, they, they'll enlist people to be on roasts who aren't even comedians at all, but they just sort of oh, yeah, are okay. somehow. And, and I Did was- Did you get jokes written for you? Uh, I definitely welcomed people to suggest jokes for me. and The pros, right? Those heavy hitters that are there as well, correct? Right. There's so, so, so one guy wrote this joke for me and- I was so like just horrified by it. I was like, "There's no way I'm going to tell that joke." But then, because <laughs> it was so offensive, it was it was pretty gnarly. So I so I, I saw Jeff Ross, who's of course yeah. the roast master, and I said, "Oh man, this this guy, uh, you know, Gino Bisconti, he he wrote this joke. I would never use it, but but uh, go for it, you know, for yourself." And the joke was to look at the dais. And the dais is the panel of roasters, you know, all the people on the panel. He says, you look at the, the, the panel of roasters, you say, who are these people? The last time this many nobodies got roasted, at least Great White was playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not really your pocket of It's humor. not. It's not. Like, uh, it, it's a terrible and, and super mean joke. And I said it to, to Jeff Ross. He goes, oh, my God, dude, that's amazing. You've got to do it. You know, you've got to do oh, it. Oh, okay, he did that and, to you. Right. And so, so, so we were going around the, uh, you know, the, the local clubs kind of preparing for, you know, you, you know, working out the material before the, the actual taping of the roast. Wait, and, what? You're, what you're doing, a, is it a fake roast? No, no, no. no. I like, don't you're, like, you're going to do your little your little set of jokes yeah. on the actual roast. Yeah. But in preparation for that, you know, we, we're going around. You were the, trying them in your club? Yeah, you're practicing your the set. jokes. In the, oh, okay. Practice, practicing the jokes in local How often were clubs. you, when you're in your first year, how often were you going up on stage? Uh, super often, super like often. Four days a week, kind of shit. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I was like pretty actively like you know, touring around, going to comedy clubs. Blue Chew gets you hard. Hey, I've got a penis, <laughs> and I want everybody to know about it. Oh. Yeah. So, welcome to my uh, <laughs> my commercial with Blue Chew. I wanted to tell you about my penis and how. Uh, the show is sponsored by Blue Chew and that I have done this thing where I've signed up and that uh, I get a package in the mail and uh, nobody knows except my wife because she's the executive producer, so she knows what the name is. But it's nobody knows and I've just got them and they're just there. And as I said at the start of this commercial, I've got a penis. You put those two together. Add it up. And what have you got? 
you've got a giant fat cop. Sorry. Bibbidi-bobbidi boners. Yeah. <laughs> Bibbidi-bobbidi-bop, big fat cop. That's right. That's- <laughs> this holiday season, you know what your special lady wants to find under the mistletoe? Bibbidi-bibbidi-bop. His fat cop. Your big fat boner. And here's a special deal for our <laughs> listeners. Try Blue Chew free yeah. when you use our promo code Ellis at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code Ellis to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, man, keeps is cool. It's late for me and it's over. And I'm in the middle of, I can't, I don't, I've got this new thing where I don't shave my head. I just use the clipper thing. And so I've got bum fluff on my head. So it's super apparent that I'm bald. I know it way more lately than I usually do. And I got to tell you, it's not cool. You're not alone, Jason. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss. Not by the time they're 65, by the time they're 35. Cut down in their prime. And the worst part of all, completely unnecessary. Keeps can help you keep the hair you've got. I'm not sure I want what I've got. No, I don't think (laughs) you should. But boy, if only Keeps had come in your life 20 years ago, we'd be talking to a totally different and presumably far hairier man should be huge too people love hair if you they respect a man with hair they do do you it, want to be respected people or do you want to be disrespected with your shiny head that's right the choice is i'm yours. sick of it and there's <laughs> nothing i can do about it except stick one on if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com slash ellis to receive your first month of treatment for free that's keeps.com slash ellis to get your first month free keeps.com slash ellis like outside the How state. How did you get like yourself booked without having comedy? Well, you like know, a set and, I, and whatnot. I, I was, I was, I was super regular in the comedy clubs in LA. You know, like I kind of dove into it. Like you just the, made, you were like, "Hey, I'm trying to get a go," and they were like, "Yeah, correct. yeah, we'll give you a go because you're Steve-O. Pretty much, but. yeah. And and I, and I dove into it in earnest uh, before the third Jackass movie came out. Okay, which was in 2010, and then on the morning. Of the, you know, that was on Howard Stern promoting the third Jackass movie. And I said to him just on the air, I said, oh, dude, you know, Howard, man, like, I've been doing stand-up, like, all, all the time, man. And I want to get a, you know, I want to, like, get a set tonight in New York. Yeah. I ended up doing a set in New York that night at the Comedy Cellar. But but uh, in the in the following days... I had a call from my uh, my entertainment lawyer. He said, I, I don't quite understand it, but I'm getting calls from comedy clubs like all over the country asking oh, wow. to get you to uh, to come in. And, uh, you know, so it, it was a bit of an exercise in jumping the line. You know, we had yeah. this big movie in the, you know, I was expressing that I wanted to do stand-up. I can relate to this so much, dude. Like what you're... Right. I feel like I just did something that was... So nerve wracking to me that I I've told these guys I've had fights with people. I fought Shane Carwin. I was more nervous before I went out on that stage. Sure. And it was five hundred people. But because it was a big venue this and was- I was introducing Ryan Sickler, I'm usually at the dime bar in front of three people. Right. So now that one seemed you know, I've done fights and skateboard demos in front of thousands. But this just it fucking scared the shit out sure. of me, Steve O. Was that the same thing you felt? Yeah, did you? Because you've, did you've you done feel some that? crazy shit. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And, you did. Um, yeah, and 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 I remember I saw this on your Instagram very recently. You did stand up for the first time, and it was at the Brea. Yeah, that's improv. it. That's the one. 
The Bray Empire's a big club. I was it's five hundred. Even when I pulled DC. up, I was like, look, oh my God, this is way too serious for me to be in there. These right. are like it's a giant establishment. Right. And, and I feel like you and I had spoken about, you know, you, you were kind of toying with the idea for years before yeah, that. I did, but I went out there and without a plan and Oof. I refused to do it any other way. And then when I started watching everybody, I realized that you don't do it you like that. You don't do that. So I just, <laughs> I bowed out. Right. But you don't, you don't want to do that. This year, I've really been going. I go every week and I've really been trying and I've got my little set and I try to, Make it a little bit. I now understand it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Right. And now that I've got my little set, I'm still like, it's still super fresh in my head. I don't, I haven't told it that many times. And right. like you with being, I can't believe, like televised roast, and you've got one year. Like if right. someone's like, hey, Jason, do you want to be in a roast with like, you know, roast fucking Travis Pastrana or something? I know I'd be shitting myself. Right. Because I'm not ready enough. Like I don't. Right, I, I I I agree. And fully. you're in there with the big dogs straight away. Right, and and, uh, and Jeff Ross told me, dude, you got to. So we go to the comedy clubs, and and when I told this this joke, the fucking oh, you were was, doing it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I just figured, well, there's no stakes. We're just practicing our jokes and yeah. and comedy clubs. It's not on camera, you know. So I just see what it's like. Yeah. And there, it was the like out of everything that was the joke that got the big reaction. I was oh, like, well, shit. maybe you know, I can't. Steve, oh, the racist! Everybody loves him. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a, a question of racist? What mm. the, what it was was Great White was this band that uh, performed in uh, somewhere in Rhode Island. They had all of their pyrotechnics from. Uh, from like when they were like a big arena act, but now they were kind of in more of like a, a small nightclub set, oh, setting. Oh, and what? the nightclub like burned oh, down. I heard about that. So all these people were trapped in the nightclub. Like oh, there was, there was wow. like, like a, 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 I think a lot of people died. And yeah, I, no, I that's totally the, know that the roof that was made of some weird shit. So the yeah, roof caught on like, fire. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And people were trapped. And there was just an awful tragedy. Yeah. And you made so it. So that was what that. the joke okay. was. Was, that's what the joke was, was, you know, the, like, who are the, these nobodies? Last time this many nobodies were roasted, Great White was oh. playing. Right. Yeah, that's funny, but it's harsh as fuck. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, but it's, in a club, it's very witty. Like, it's, I mean, and at I, a roast. I mean, that's that's the place for it. The, well, the more right. tasteless, the, you know, the better. But, he, but here's what happened. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the joke works, like, it got a great response in the comedy yeah. club. So I said, oh, I was like, you know, like, it's not my, my, my vibe, you know, but fuck, I, I can't argue with the response I got. So, yeah. so I did it at the roast, at the actual taping for Comedy Central. And it was good. And or- now, what, the, the, the taping for the, for the, the actual taping for Comedy Central happened on a Saturday night. And then the show will be edited over the next couple of weeks. It'll come out a couple of weeks later. Okay. Um, I, I told the joke at the roast. And the next morning, like my whole like social media feed was just, I hope you burn in hell, this oh, whole thing. Shit. And and I couldn't figure it out because the, it, it did had- Did it do well when you said it? I think, I think it did. I okay. think it did. But, um, and the show hadn't even aired yet. So I wasn't like clear, like how yeah. this- and, and what it was, was that there was a, a blogger, and I oh. believe the blogger was from Entertainment Weekly. Oh. Entertainment Weekly put up, like, a, a blog on there and, and just, like, oh, you know, sort of notes of, about the roast. And, and they, like, 
included that and you know and steve-o performed and this was one they wrote it in its blog as one of the jokes that i told and this blog was you know was like just it 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 felt like every single person in rhode island like was made aware of of that from this blog and there was just this this hatred coming towards me that like you know that it's just like something you'd haven't experienced before. Yeah, like this it, is the it, best, highest level of hate you've ever. Yeah, it, it wow. was. It, it was. It, it was. You know, and and I and I. Do you think your career was in trouble? I don't know about about that. I don't know that I was ever even concerned as much about that. I was just so uncomfortable with with uh, having that level of hatred directed towards me, and and I, and I immediately like reached out to the producers of the the roast itself because it had only just been taped the night before. Right. And I said, "Please, I'm begging you, please don't right. edit that edit that joke out. Don't yeah. include it." And they, and they did edit that joke out. Okay. Um, and, and uh, you know, it was just I just will always remember that because it's not like my spirit you know it's not my spirit and that's why when i look at the dave Chappelle thing like i had that own personal experience of my own to just know like wow i don't like that and and just to imagine whether or not dave Chappelle has to go around with security is really besides the point it's just to know that that many people are upset with you is something that i like i never want to be in that position again and i have a show coming up in rhode island uh in a matter of like a week or two you know, and like going there. Is it like, about how gay people are stupid or something? No, no, no. I have a, <laughs> I have a, a, a sh- like, a, I've like just my tour. You know, yeah. my my tour is bringing me to Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. Oh. To perform, and I believe that you know. Wait, it, there's still Ben Steve I, going uh, on. No, no, no. I I don't know. I I I have no idea. But um, but but I can't help it. I think it's the first time I will have performed there since that happened. Okay. You know, so I mean, I don't even know. You're a little bit. Part of me feels a little bit like uh, nervous, like a. Hopefully, somebody doesn't go there with it. I mean, you can explain yourself if somebody does bring it up because it does kind of justify it to me. It does anyway. It's like right. Somebody like I know that I've had a couple of people tell me to do this instead of this, and I just immediately agreed to it and did it because they're fucking famous comedians. (laughs) Who do you think knows more, me or him? Like I, I was like, really, really. I will do that. And then right. st- now I'm stuck with that because I believe he knows better than me. Right. Like, take a pointer from a pro. It's not a bad idea. I want to talk to you about the stunt that you did with Danny and Bio Accelerator, but first the uh, car running right, okay. through the, the, was the, it the, the box. It was a wooden outhouse. It, was, it yeah. was intended to be an outhouse. And you broke both yeah. your ankles? Um, I, I properly... I would say shattered my my right ankle, and we and skated I today. A, you know, and I had a very minor uh, fracture on my left heel, so I oh. I went ahead and called that two broken. Yeah, feet. a fractured heel sounds fucking painful. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was. It was uh, sounds like one you don't. It doesn't heal for a long time. The whole situation was uh, less than desirable. You didn't think for any second the whole time you were arranging the stunt. It was going down <laughs> that there was any way that you could possibly like get really hurt. I mean, unless the car hit you, you right. probably thought, how bad could it be? I'm just dropping off a ledge, really. Right. Yeah. And and when, you know, 
it, it's the the fact of being stationary, which is really yeah. the problem. You know, if you if you're gonna land on an incline, or if you're gonna if you have some some momentum. If every, like, everybody knows, if you're gonna drop from somewhere high, the faster you go, the better it is. Right. I don't know what I'm not a scientist, but that's right. just the way it goes. If you do it really <laughs> slow, you don't make it. Right, and the thing is, too, it started, it was just dumb to begin with because I was on stationary on uh, this, you know, mock outhouse, which I forget if it, I think it was a full eight feet tall. You know, right, think, so it's uh, an eight foot bomb drop to no moving an, an eight on the foot concrete. Bomb drop to no moving at all. Just have you ever done that? I know you skate a lot, but when was the last time you dropped fucking eight feet to the ground? <laughs> right, man. They, you were just was, like, for this, hopeless, I'm going for it. It was a pretty hopeless situation. Did you and think you were going to make it? We, we, uh, we had, I had four of these boxes built. Yeah, four so you had eight, four shots. Four shots. Right. The first one, like I kind of landed and popped the. You know, I, no I pain got, on the first one though, and I did it different ways too. There was uh, <laughs> like I, I set up, uh, like I, I set it up like a, on the uh, like a tail drop. Yeah, so I'm standing like as if I'm going to drop in on it. And then the so you car, try to ollie off before it hits. I didn't. I don't know how much I really ollie, but but the board just fell away from me. Okay. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to have to boneless it. You know, and okay. So I did bonelesses in the next ones, and uh, I kind of made it under the board, but toppled off, and so I had the sense that. That, that I could make it happen. And I was down to my last bomb, right, my last, last shot. Yeah. So I just, in my mind, I, I just thought, I'm absolutely going to fucking stick this. I'm going to commit to it no matter what happens. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, in, in retrospect, I, I wasn't even on the board, but I thought it was. So I was just like, I planted my feet and I was just like, I'm not going to, right. you know, I put so much, uh, like effort into I get it, man. Like everyone's the, there, all the work, and you've got that's the Tony last Hawk house. Was you, filming Danny Way was driving the car, right? Like uh, it, was, it was pretty exciting, and um, you, you know, was it worth it? <laughs> it was. It, it wasn't like that rad. It was uh, a, a, a very gnarly. You know, because that's a lot of time. Eleven screws in my in oh, my shit, ankle, dude. a plate and eleven. But screws. you can skate now. Yeah, I can skate now. Like uh, Danny brought me into his like personal surgeon. Yeah, uh, he's a, a doctor skateboarder. He's one of the highest levels out of of, of all of us because he's had yeah. the most injuries. Doctor Previte. So he took you to to Columbia. You know that's he got that through me, right? Ah, I did not know that. Yeah, so he he he, he uh, hit me up about Bio Accelerator because I was like, yeah, dude, they will get you back. Back, well done. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to our friends at Mac Weldon. I'm uh, I'm not the most stylish guy in the world. I can sometimes find it a little bit overwhelming to dress like an adult. And thank God for Mac Weldon because they make it easy. Um gotten quite a few of their shirts, their pants. I'm actually wearing their undies right now. Do people My find buttocks you, has never felt more snug. Do people find you more attractive, do you think? Oh, yeah. If it, has anybody said you're more attractive? Uh, yeah. My my girlfriend would, I think, prefer me to never wear anything but Mack Weldon. Right. What about, like, she wants you to take it off or does she want you to keep it on the whole time? Leave the Mack Weldons on. Just poke a hole. Yeah, it's... It's back to, to junior year. Just stick it out one awesome. of the leg holes. <laughs> 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 the 
For 20% off your first Mac Weldon order, visit MacWeldon.com slash Ellis and enter promo code, you guessed it, Ellis. That's MacWeldon.com slash Ellis. Promo code XXX for 20% off Mac Weldon. <laughs> Get it right this holiday season. <laughs> I would use Ellis. Yeah, if XXX doesn't work, I bet you Ellis will. Yeah, let's go for Ellis on that. <laughs> Great holiday gifts, too. Now's the time to pull the trigger. Get them Mac Weldon orders in. We're talking to you today about ExpressVPN because we're always talking about something. I can't prove it. I just believe it to be a fact. Your computer is spying on you. Nobody has better proof of this on a day-to-day basis than us. We talk about things here that don't ordinarily come up in my day-to-day conversations. And then I go home and everybody in this room is nodding because it happens to every single one of us. You look at your phone and you go, huh, that's odd. I was just talking about that for the first time ever. And now I'm seeing ads. Why is that? Doesn't matter if you're in incognito mode or if you're deleting your browsing activity, there's a really good chance your internet service provider is keeping tabs on what you're doing so they can sell your info to ad companies. No, I don't want adult diapers. It was just a bit on the show. It was a joke. I'm fine for at least five more years. So look, maybe you go, oh, I don't know. I'm not doing anything illegal. What do I have to worry about? What do you have to worry about? It's your stuff. It's your information. It's your privacy. Exercise your rights as a human being and protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Ellis, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ellis, expressvpn.com slash Ellis to learn more. Bioaccelerator is the stem cell, it's operation out of Columbia. It's an American company, but they operate out of Columbia because the procedures that they're doing with stem cells are strictly not legal in America. And there's speculation, it's speculated that the reason why these procedures are not legal in America um, is because they pose a threat to the pharmaceutical and uh, like uh, orthopedic right, industries. You, right, because you know? if you don't get surgeries, right, they like, don't need to go through all their bullshit and pay all the extra money for surgeries right. and the painkillers and if all that. Gonna, after. If, if, if you're if you're gonna address pain and you know like whatever it could whatever cure. other right, if you're gonna, you could really help somebody and and help them not use any meds. To uh, cope day to day, right? I mean, with it's an a, injection, it, it, it's it's absolutely, you know, a, a uh, what's the word? An inflammatory speculation. Like uh, it's it's an, it's like it's pretty crazy, you know. What did you get it on? I got it for my neck. I've got um, degenerative disc disease in my neck. Oh shit! But is it, that from an injury or? I mean, as far as I can tell, it's from fucking head banging. <laughs> I don't no know. Way. I, I don't know. Well, maybe from, maybe from my, my when I was a clown and uh, I was balancing like humongous ladders on my chin. I perhaps that was. I'm not even sure, but but I, over the years I've been to a number of chiropractors and 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 all of them were familiar, you know, on some level with with my body of work. And all of them, when they saw the X-rays of my spine, they were shocked at, at, at what actually like good condition it's in 
You know, oh, okay. They, they were like, the, the, I had a chiropractor tell me, dude, you're Keith Richards. You know, like I can't understand how what you do and you're not in worse shape. They said, you know, outside of, you know, some issues in your in your neck, which I think is your cervical spine. Uh-huh. Um, then, uh, you know, as you've got some issues in your neck, but that's about it. And the issues in my neck have uh, become, you know, a little bit more of a still not like uh, debilitated. You know, I'm not like I've got range of motion. I'm not yeah. in pain. Yeah. So for me to go to BioAccelerator and get the stem cell treatment for it was largely preemptive. It was to try to prevent me from getting to a point where I'm in pain or, or not able to move. Right. But the motherfucker about it is that uh, everybody wants to know, does does work? Does it work? And I don't have a good fucking answer because oh, like you weren't sore in the first place. Right. It's right. not like I had it's not like I had pain that I could say went away. Yeah. It's not like I was, you know, had like range of motion that came back. Like it's preemptive. Yeah. yeah so I can. so I, I I'm I, I feel like uh I was absolutely a fucking waste of uh of time for this company bioaccelerator because I can't give them uh I can't say anything bad happened. But you made a good video of you trying to fight the um, right. The uh, what is it? The the general anesthesia. anesthesia. Yeah, that was definitely. I mean, it, dude, the amount of people that they ask and are excited about coming there for right. the free treatment. Definitely- what you did is bringing a lot of people, and to me, it's yes, I'm getting it for free. I paid for my flight or whatever, but. Um, if you're hurt and you're as old as me and you're uh, – because i got – there's pain where so she, I can't skateboard before, anymore. You went there before Danny and I. Yeah. And and and, and you felt that, that you can actually vouch for for the – Fuck yeah. My shoulder got so bad that it hurt from not doing anything. Uh-huh. And it started to worry me because I was thinking about if you're going to be in that much pain all the time – you you can't you I can't do painkillers I can't I, I can't you know I'm an I'm an addict if I do that I'll, well right I'll, and, and what Doctor Drew said that uh, in, in the long run painkillers actually make pain worse like they because I feel like someone told me also that they don't actually numb the pain they just make you feel different while the pain exists yeah, yeah right like the pain's still there if you have an Advil it's supposed to like actually re- relieve some pain. But we've never, as skateboarders, I never did an Advil. I did right. as many painkillers as you had. For me, I don't think I ever took a painkiller for pain. I just took right. them to get fucked up. Right. And uh, since being sober, I- I've never taken a painkiller. It's always been Wait, Ad- so when you broke your ankles, no painkiller? I mean, in the hospital when they give me uh, whatever they put in the IV. For, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. But for no gym. pills after it? Not, not. How's that first day? That was, it was fucked up. Yeah, yeah it, was, <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was fucked up. And and I've had a. I've had a number of different things. But yeah, I've never since I got sober. I've not even filled out a prescription. Wow. Like uh, I've never. It, it's been Tylenol and Advil, and in the most extreme of cases, Tylenol plus Advil. Right. That's really <laughs> and you did that that jet fuel thing right. after that was being fucked, sober, right? That was fucked up. Yeah. What's jet fuel? It was it was rocket engine fuel, which uh, you know little model rocket engines. You've got that little like uh, M eighty kind of looking yeah. thing, you know, like the the stuff inside the, yeah. that um, you know I had a whole 
team of people like fucking hollowing these things out. And we had like basically a whole bucket of this rocket engine fuel. And um, we've, I did a bunch of different stunts with it and I kept getting away with them, you know, like, and the, the more, oh, like, now and, I know. Then, and then I fucking put like, uh, we, we sprinkled it all over the, the living room carpet and I laid down in it and they fucking lit it. And uh, I ended up with pretty terrible 15 or, or third degree burns on 15% of my body. And that was the case where when I went to the, uh, the hospital, you know, like I was like, hey man, like, uh, do you, I, I was asking them for some kind of numbing cream. Mm. Like maybe that they could, you know, I was like, I don't want, I'm a sober guy and I don't want any painkillers, but mm. if you've got some kind of cream that, I, you know. what they say about that? And then, well, as soon as they looked at me, they were like, dude, you need to go straight into fucking surgery for skin graft surgery. I had- Wait, uh, you did get skin grafts? I got skin grafts on 15 Wait, doesn't that mean they take body. skin off somewhere else? At, in my case, they used, um, skin grafts from cadavers yeah i had the flesh of seven different dead people that's awesome yeah and um the thing about it was they said you have to go straight into surgery because you know like you need for these burns and they said they asked me when was the last time i'd eaten and i had just fucking eaten like right before going there yeah. so they were like oh well we can't operate on you for yeah. eight hours yeah and when i heard that i just like sobriety without the fuck. I was like, right. give me fucking painkillers. And right. my arms are so burnt. They, 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 uh, they put the IV to, in my neck to, Oh, cause you couldn't, they, cause my veins arms, were, my, my arms burn were over fucked. It. Yeah. My arms were fucked from burns. Is that, is that worse than the, what's the one where you blew your fucking eardrum out with shit? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, we were the, just the talking about can. that the other day before. I, and I said, I don't, people said, can Steve-O still hear out of that ear? Right. And I they, said, they, I don't know. It, uh, it, it, it fixed itself on its own. Wait, you can perforate your eardrum and then it will make another eardrum? It won't make another eardrum. I mean, sorry, the cover thing. It won't make another eardrum, but, uh, but it, it will heal. I mean, there's a hole. And then it just it healed. And, Did and you he, know that was going to be that bad? Like you were going to suffer I, I such consequences? I, from... I had no fucking idea. And in hindsight, like that was the biggest fucking no-brainer. Like on that, <laughs> on that third Jackass movie, I was, I got in, this, in the porta potty and they fucking like with the bungees shot it up into the air. Yep. Like a hundred feet or whatever. Before getting into that porta potty with that dog shit, I ha- I put on fucking swimming goggles, a nose plug, earplugs. Oh, you already knew and about it. And, 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 and it was all for naught because I spent the entire time flying through the air, screaming my head off with my mouth wide open. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but it's just like you, you see, you know. Now I've got like a t-shirt cannon filled with dog shit being fired point blank at like like a, a level of psi that is designed to shoot t-shirt cannons your t-shirts through completely forgot you had an ear (laughs) i just fucking didn't even i just never even thought of it so i remember i thought did i I, did i put my hand in front of my eye or something i I don't think so man i think yeah i think i just just rocked straight up profile (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't put i didn't put shit up i just rocked it so when that went off is that just immediate deaf are you deaf in that ear i wasn't deaf but I just had the sense that my entire fucking uh, ear canal was just loaded with dog shit, and 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 I just thought, 
You wash it out? Like I, I did. I immediately went down to the shower and just tried to wash it out. It just felt fucked. And I was like, man, like, I, I'm just... Something's I, up. I, I really feel the urge, the need to go to to uh, to get medical help for this, and I decided to go to the urgent care. And now yeah. at the and I think this is speculation on my part, but I think that what perforated my eardrum was the aggressive flushing that they did at the urgent care. No, I think I think that they 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 uh they were trying like like. Did it hurt being like? Were they hurting you? It didn't. I wasn't in like the excruciating fucking pain until after the urgent care. It was that like I, I was like it was. I, I felt like man, this is bad. Like it's gonna get infected. Like whatever. Like I've got dog shit in my ear. It's just <laughs> not good. I want to get it washed out. Yeah. And at the urgent care, they uh, were flushing it like you know so much. And then after that. That's when it became incredibly painful. And, and later that day, hospital. I went to the actual hospital. And at the hospital, they, uh, you know, the, didn't didn't see anything particularly wrong. And then it just kept hurting more and more. So wait, I went the to next an, day, I went to I went to an actual ear doctor. I think a few days later, and he said, "Oh, uh, he fuck saw, off!" Yeah, he said, uh, that, "You know, you hit a little camera down there, you could see a blatant hole." Plus, like I, I was like plugging my my nose and like blowing, and you can tell I was like whistling through. I, I've, oh. le- I've learned quite about quite a bit about ears since. <laughs> I didn't know shit about ears before that. <laughs> now I know that? what. An, think of an eardrum. I thought eardrum meant like like a little like mini like wishbone thing, but it, an eardrum is it's a, called a tympanic membrane, hmm. and it's just like a little flat thing. Like See, a drum, drum was skin. The, was the whole point, like, did you know you were going to take that in the ear or were you just trying to get punched in the face with shit? I was trying shit? to get, I wanted to be like a, uh, the, 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 what I bought it for was, um, yeah, like on the third Jackass movie, Bam was running around throwing water in people's face and punching oh, them. So she was super like, funny. Yeah. With, the, with the phantom camera in super yeah, slow motion. Slow-mo. So I thought, like, I pictured it being like, let's fill it up with dog shit, the t-shirt cannon, and, uh, you know, we'll get in front of the, the phantom camera the same kind of dynamic where you've got all that super slow motion, like, uh, on the impact, but then you've left the person with shit all over their face. So <laughs> it's like, you know, another level. And uh, Jeff Tremaine and Spike Jones were were unimpressed. They, they, they thought that... Um, that uh, it, it needed, it wasn't clever. Like they, they, they just felt like eh, they weren't into it. And so hmm. I, so okay, all right, then I'll just do it for a YouTube video with uh, one of these Nulk Boy guys. Did that happen often with you? Like, did every now and then they say no, and you're like, whatever, YouTube, here I go. Oh yeah, dude. Like <laughs> anything that uh, that's always I've always had my own side hustle you know right. so if it's not for youtube or then maybe it's for my tour you know like way back in the day i had my uh my too hot for tv uh steve-o's don't try this at home dvd series god so I did, I, like invariably when my idea was shot down i would i would do it on my own uh, but your budget well and and for me like i, I i'm not I'm doing it without insurance. I'm doing it, you know, like right. without just like fucking full on punk rock. And um, 
you know, like having done stand-up comedy for for now more than 11 years, Shit. over the course of that time, my stand-up comedy has become this multimedia affair where for my new shows, I go about shooting crazy things. I make the stand-up, the stories of these, you know, over-the-top ideas. And then after each bit in the show, I screen the footage. So what for my new tour... I had a fucking medical professional put an IV in my vein with general anesthesia drugs going into my IV and I'm riding a fucking bicycle through a field. Like so illegal. It's so fucking illegal. It's unbelievable. The shit that I do on my own. How and, do you get a doctor to do that? You know, like you go on fucking Instagram. <laughs> and, and ask. And I, yeah, dude, there's, I, I don't believe I've ever failed to get something I asked for on social media. Can anyone get in trouble for what you just said? Like, is that stuff? If, if, if the identity of the medical professional was revealed, oh, absolutely, okay. they would lose everything that they uh, worked so many years for. Wait, so you're, you're. So when we're doing these shoots, and there were a couple of them. The, the medical professional was absolutely in disguise the entire time. A no, couple of them where the medical professional is disguised. So more than one time you've got a the, doctor. The, 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 the other one I did, I had a, a medical professional put a four-inch needle into my spine and inject a drug into my spinal cavity to render me paralyzed from the waist down while I was in a full sprint. And, um, yeah, that like that's another one that, that's for my current tour. Did you get hurt doing that? Uh, I, I did not get hurt doing that, but boy, was I in a panic because <laughs> because uh, I was supposed to be paralyzed from the waist down. And and once once this shit fucking took me down, like I couldn't feel my whole body, you know? And Dr. Drew, who I called, you know, to do my due diligence, he said, be careful if you find yourself paralyzed above the waist, that's really bad because sometimes it might, the drug could back up. And if it backs up and it goes to your upper body, then you, you could be dealing with having like important systems shut down. Right. Like your whole respiratory system could just yeah. shut down, you yeah. know? And, uh, and, and, and that's the, the position I found myself in. And, and so I'm sitting there thinking like, I can't feel any indication that I'm able to breathe. Yeah. You know, like, like, and, and I've just been sprinting with my hands cut behind my back, trying to run as far as I could before the, the drug took hold. And, uh, and then I collapse, I'm out of breath. I can't tell that I'm even breathing. I'm freaking out. And my buddies are fucking lighting up my legs point blank with fucking paintballs and fucking <laughs> holding lighters to my feet and fucking zapping my legs, <laughs> zapping my legs with fucking uh, stun gun. Holy and shit. I didn't, and dude, I couldn't even, I didn't even know they were doing that shit. It was like they were doing it to a fucking steak. Do you, <laughs> do you feel anxious before any of yeah. these stunts? Yeah. But but one one benefit for for these two in particular, you know, being that like I'm old and and not like finding myself feeling much braver the older I get. Yeah. <laughs> like throw anesthesia in the mix. <laughs> like, I'm gonna feel it. <laughs> Has Doctor Drew ever talked you out of a stunt? Doctor Drew's never talked me out of a stunt. Now, I mean, we have this whole routine. Like I'll call I'll, I'll call him up or I'll ask to meet him up meet up with him in person so we can. Uh, you know, like like I can ask him something on camera, and it's always just like some terrible shit. He 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 basically always says, "Oh my god, fucking 
like whatever like this is a terrible idea yes something horrible can happen and and i know i'll never talk you out of doing it i know you're gonna do it anyway right. so let me break it down for you <laughs> it's just like i don't want you to do this i don't endorse it i'm not yeah. like i don't i don't i'm not encouraging it but i know you're gonna do it anyway so let me <laughs> he's pretty flexible he's so great yeah i feel like i've caught one i think i caught him on the show once with an idea and it was such a bad idea and he agreed to it and then I called him back after the show and said, dude, I'm so sorry I even brought that up. He's like, I didn't think it was that bad of an idea. I would do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude. So what was it? Something- Wasn't it something like you two taking a bath together? Yeah. And farting like in some, it. Some, like I got a bit where we're both going to be in the bath together. And he's, and, uh, and then I. Uh, I you and Dr. Drew? Yeah. <laughs> where we're going to wash each other's backs or some shit. I don't know what it was. It was a fucking terrible idea. And I called him on the show and he's like oh yeah no we could we could talk about that we could do that he's the best yeah man. he really is he's arguably the most famous doctor in the world you know is and, he and, more and, famous than than dr phil but dr phil doesn't actually have not a, a medical practice right, nice. you gotta understand that that throughout all of the crazy stuff that we see Dr. doing he's still like, got he's people got, he takes and, care he's of. got a fucking office yep and he is a uh like is he a general practitioner he's yeah. got a family practice he's like the me yeah, i know the family doctor. Yeah, no, and he keeps him. He still goes yeah. after, and all the work he does because he does all the shows, all the stuff that we do, where it's just a constant hustle. Sure. He's always constant. doing this, going there, and yes, he will still see it's, you it's, if you've it's, got a call. It's, it's unbelievable. The, the, and like he, he, he reminds me of Tony Hawk in that, like he does so much fucking shit, you know, yeah. like so prolific and and. Both those guys too. I feel like there's no like gig that they won't do. <laughs> right. That is. I feel like Tony's harder now because I can tell because of the podcast we do with each other that his time is way more valuable, and he's right. and he's proven a point to the point where he can kind of say, "Look, I don't need to be right at this and this." But he still is. He's like, very game to. Yeah. yeah. Like he's the, yeah, I, this, some stunt I did. I was telling Liquid Death guys today that Tony's like, yeah, I saw that video, man. If you built the ramp better, you could make that. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's a bummer. He's like, I'll, I, I, I want to build it. I want to. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you, man? Like fucking Santa. Dude, he's the best. Yeah. He's um, the fucking best. Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, Drew and, and, and the Birdman, dude, the two of my favorite people in the entire world. She get those two together a funny show should yeah. get drew on hulk versus wolf you got a lot of people on your show man i've been looking at some of the guests it's Holy crazy shit, huh? dude yeah dude like we uh, we fucking absolutely like the level of anxiety and just like the constant trying to to get people is that is you that, or is that your team as well? I, I have a booker okay. I, I have a booker and um in some cases i'll do it in some cases that you know but like we're constantly like in, right. in, in booking mode. You know, I noticed on listening to your shows lately that you have this thing where if you feel like you are out of line with somebody, oh, you right. want to make sure that you apologize. Um, if if it was something that happened at, on a at a public level, that you know, like I'm not going to go and make something public if it didn't happen publicly okay, in the first right. place. But but if if something was like you know if 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 I did something that I feel was was wrong or was harmful and and I did so at a public level, then to me it's appropriate to address it at a public level as well. Okay. You know and 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 I like there are like with uh, 
you know, with like the, the, the Wu-Tang guys and with the insane clown posse guy and with, uh, this, this guy, Bradley Martin, I think that's, uh, you know, all of the Probably. ones. Yeah. But is that a therapy thing or have, you, have you always been like that? I don't think that. I mean, obviously when you weren't sober, you weren't like that. Right. Um, I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe it's a recovery thing, but I think it's as much as anything else, it's just kind of a common sense deal. You know, like, you know, when you have a, a shitty feeling about something you've done and, um, I think uh, the, the like a staggering percentage of the population just won't address it, right? And and because uh, you don't want to face it because it's awkward at first, right? But I yeah. just think that it's so much better to do that. Like I've, I've and, and I think I owe like you know my uh, my tenure in recovery to kind of training me to do that, and I'm I'm grateful for the practice, and I've just kind of adopted it as a way of life. I did that to you, Rye Faber at a UFC party where I'm friends with Dominic Cruz and I have been for some time and I've talked shit on Uriah ever since the second fight where they did the interview and Uriah was like, no, nah, man, I won. And I'm like, how can you be like, just accept it. Like maybe you can win the next one, but you lost that one for sure. So I always had a beef with Why, him was for it, that. Was it a, a, a decision, split decision kind no, of thing? it was a decision. It wasn't a split. Oh, so it was a unanimous decision. Yeah. It twice he won. And, you know, Dom's a really good shit talker and they would go back and forth, but I was definitely on Dom's side. Got a show where I talk about the UFC all the time. I talked a lot of shit on Uriah Faber. So I'm at this bar and everyone, you know, the, I, I, I think I was with Kenda Perez. Katie said I could take her to this UFC thing. So it's all UFC fighters and then, Uri hey, it's Uriah, like Jason Uriah. And I go, hey, man, ah. Oh, I got to say, man, I talked a lot of shit on you. Like, Was got, he aware of that? No. And his face was like, <laughs> oh, no. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, why am I doing this? And I, then I like right. trying to, but I'm like, but, but there's a point. Like, I want to get to the point of, you know, I think you're cool. And, and I want to apologize because now I see that it was just like my own little thing. But I want you to, I want you to know. If you ever ask anybody about me, they might tell you. Right. He said that you suck. I had that uh, that very similar experience with Leon Edwards. Oh, he, oh, wow. Yeah. What, it, it, wait. Okay. Wait. So, because I know you're I, a UFC guy, right. now you're hanging with Dana White and all that stuff, but I, you, you I, talked I, bad about Leon I, Edwards. I, mean, I, I was critical of okay in in Leon Edwards' fight with Bilal Muhammad, which was stopped due to uh, an egregious eye poke. Yeah. Um. Leon Edwards was handily winning that fight. It yeah. wasn't like uh, you know the the, the 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 eye poke was distinctly egregious, and I was critical of. Leon Edwards on social in, media. In, in, what in the aftermath of it, saying no, no way. Uh, like I'm moving on. I deserve a title shot. Like uh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run it back with Bilal Muhammad. Yeah. And I just, I was, I was outspoken in a number of interviews. Just like, just think, you know, I, I think that. What right interviews thing, are we talking about? Here? I mean, I don't know. There was like some, some MMA stuff, stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, like Ariel Hawani, I want to say, like maybe like. Some, You're telling Ariel Hawani that, that you I, didn't appreciate. I, I'm telling Ariel Hawani that I, th that, that I thought that the right thing to do would be 
to uh, acknowledge the egregious eye poke and run it back, give him say, hey, you know what, that was wrong, and and I'm gonna give it. But yeah. he just he just felt like he, he it felt to me that he just rushed to overlook Bilal Muhammad, not and he just wanted to move forward and leave him in in the past. Yeah, I understand both. Like I I, right, I feel but, sorry but, for Muhammad, but I also feel like he's. He's been trying to get there for a while. And he's like, man, right. I shouldn't even be fighting this guy. And he's right. He shouldn't be. He should right. be probably right. having and, a title and, fight. And then uh, now. Uh, but he came at you. He didn't come at me. I I, I did what you did with the, your eye favor. Oh. He, he was entirely unaware that I had oh, okay. And I'm like, hey, dude. Oh, no. I'm like, hey, dude, I feel like I got to tell you that I was critical of your not uh, being your willing to. <laughs> you know, yeah, I just like, say that you said that it was. Uh, yeah, I just want you know. I'm like, hey, dude, like I had a really good experience meeting you, and like I just like I, I, I got to tell on myself that uh, you know I, I was critical of your unwillingness to run it back with Bilal, and uh, you know, like, and and dude, f- fuck it, you know, and I even went on to say too that that uh, Bilal Muhammad's subsequent fight against Damian Maya. Was like enough to me. Just like okay, I'd like. I felt that that was a terribly fucking boring fight. Yeah. Damian Maya like is 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 sort of very advanced in his career. You know, for Bilal Muhammad to like have that performance against Damian Maya, it just removed him from any thought for me that he's a contender and deserves to be fighting Leon Edwards. So it kind of canceled out what I was critical of in the first place. I was like, hey, I take it back. I don't feel that way anymore after I saw Bilal and Damian Maya. I didn't realize that you were having like full on <laughs> opinions to Ariel Hawani about <laughs> MMA. And yeah, then, I, I, and then I, I, being I, I, at the UFC and then bumping into these guys because I'm I got a starter kit. I'm not as famous as you. Hey, you gotta shut the dogs up. That's crazy. <laughs> Doing a fucking show, <laughs> man. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, I because I've they're intimidating people, right? And I was on serious. Then was listening to me. Like if Ariel Hawani asked me a question about a fighter, and I was like, "Yeah, that guy's a turd." And then <laughs> I'm at the fights on Saturday, and he's over there. I'd be like, "God <laughs> damn, I hate this. Like, I'm terrified. Like it's not that I'm gonna get beat up. I hate. I'm like you. I hate confrontation, man. Right. I'm like, I know. I there's there's no chance he's gonna punch me. It's just gonna be like, oh, what's up, fuckhead? And I'll be like. Yeah, right. I am a fuckhead. That is fair. Yeah. Because I don't know what else I would say. Like, I don't want to have an argument. I, I look up to all of you in, in one right. kind of way, so I would right. feel and, terrible. Has that happened? Has it? Because uh, you have got fucking MMA opinions. I do. I did not know that. Yeah, dude. I oh, wait, you got one with Connor. Well, it was while I was at BioAccelerator in Columbia. Yeah. Like uh, Dana White's social media guy reached out and asked me to make my little prediction for the trilogy fight between Poirier and McGregor. Yes. And uh, of course, yeah, for sure. And 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 I, I made my little video. I said that uh, that I that I, I believe Dustin Poirier is uh, a better guy, a yeah. better a better person. A better yes. fighter, it's and then he's going to run through Connor like very easily. Yeah, and and uh, and, and, and you know whatever, like I, I I believe that's all true, 
And um, and the UFC posted my little like yeah. prediction video on their UFC page, and Connor himself posted a comment to that video yeah. saying, "Get this crackhead off my company's page." Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. This that- is the actual beef, the only beef with Steve O in MMA that I did see the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty- like, wait, who are you talking to? And I'm like, are you talking to Conor McGregor? And I'm like. Why would he be telling Conor McGregor to shove it up his ass? And then I go back into this and I'm like, oh shit, he called you a crackhead. Right. And do you and make are you like hot sauce buddies with Dustin? Like you were friends with him before this yeah, fight. Like uh, I've I've been friendly with Dustin from before that. Okay. And um and dude, what a fucking great guy Dustin Poirier is. I've and never uh, met I him, just, but he I, comes across like a sweetheart. Yeah, absolutely love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. And um yeah, and, and so I'm very pro Dustin, and and I think just like the rest of the world, I'm kind of over Connor's antics. You know, yep. no, a- I was a huge fan, and and he definitely lost me uh, uh, several times because yeah. yeah, I'm like man, what I remember, I fell in love with you because you were so much about MMA. Like when I interviewed him and he was on my show back in the day, he knew everybody's weight, everybody's style, like who's potentially coming up. Who's like you know who 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 we could beat in other weight classes? He doesn't fucking know about everybody else anymore. He doesn't know like who the fuck is that guy because he doesn't know. Right. He doesn't give a shit anymore. He's in this other thing, which is I'm happy for him, and it's also kind of cool. Can't wait to watch the movie. But what's the movie? I'm I'm saying when it comes out about him, you know, oh, right, being right. A, a gacked out fucking moron and throwing money and doing bumps out of his anus. I'm sure it's gonna be wild. Like he looks like a guy that's just taking in. Everything bad, you know, like you, you got to the top and you're right. and you're taking, you know, all the you, know, you cheat on your wife. I don't know this for sure, but it seems to me like you fuck everybody and, and you do all the drugs and everybody's a fucking idiot and no one knows anything because you know everything. I can relate to that. I've had a pocket of that smaller scale, but I can still relate to it. Right. It was like nobody knows what they're talking about except me. So I don't even know why anyone's talking to me. And then I'm like, wow, what a fucking asshole. Isn't that crazy how your ego got to the point where you think you fucking know anything? Right. And I'm like, it's coming for him. But in the meantime, I was just like, if you want to fight, I'll watch that. But this shit, you're not even that good at it, mate. It's kind of like, uh, it's kind of blown out and lame. Right. I'm way more into the the guy that wants to fight, the guy that trains all the time. Like Dustin, to be as big as him and and, and as successful and just to be like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Like I'm sure he does to all tall small big like he doesn't sure. treat anybody different you know like after the uh the the connor fight you know i was i was i was backstage and saw dustin i was like oh man dude like this and that and and uh i, I said to dustin that uh I'd, I'd love to see a new era of of ufc superstars that have humility and yeah. integrity and you know like that like class you know like this whole like the the conor mcgregor era where it's all about the trash talking you know like and, and all this like because yeah, it infected everybody else right everybody else tried to do their best impression right. of conor mcgregor now everyone's a fucking idiot and everybody's the best and everybody against them is laughable it's like Right. What happened to the like mixed martial artist sounded really cool as in it was an art Bruce right. Lee, you know, like this sure. like Anderson Silver shit where I'm like, this is a pure passion. Right. You know, what I mean it's not about being violent. It's about like but people are like, man, Jason, you fight, you must be like 
a super violent guy. Like I got a bad childhood, but I fought. I've never fought angry. Sure. I fight like I'm skating. I'm like, sure. In the moment or whatever. Right. It is. And what's so great about Dustin Poirier is when I said that, I said, uh, you know, I'd love to see a new era of UFC superstar where the, you know, where the, the stars are the people who have humility and class and integrity. He said, man, I just like that to be the whole world. <laughs> he says, everybody, everybody in the whole world would be that way. It's like, it's like, you know? Yeah, but it's not. It's weird how he goes. Like right. the, the cool, right. oh, when you, someone gets given everything, some people just go, awesome. And some people go, it's because I'm the greatest person that ever lived, you fucking right. idiots. And I'm like, was that in there the whole time? Was that just like ready to go? Like you were just waiting for your time to say it? Dude, I had this, uh, I had the most fascinating fucking conversation with Duncan Trussell, right? And Who's that? He's, he's uh, a comedian. He's, um, uh, like a spiritualist, uh, a, a psychedelics, you know, eh. guy, and, and um, <laughs> psychedelics guy. <laughs> he's he's really into the idea of psychedelics, and um, you know, I I told him I said, I said I have this philosophy about about consciousness, right? And 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 maybe I'll lose you, but I'll just tell you very quickly. I said I don't believe that consciousness is generated by the brain. Right, I think I, I view the brain as not a a transmitter of consciousness, but rather a receiver. Right, like so you picture us, where like I, I I view us and our consciousness as like we're a basically a radio, like a radio okay. picking up a signal outside of ourselves. Where's so consciousness? Where the, well, the the consciousness is the signal. It's fucking you can't see, you can't whatever, you know. But like, but. At the point of the the death of our body, it's like the radio. You can fucking take a sledgehammer, you can smash the fucking radio as much as you want, but you haven't killed the the signal that the radio is picking up. The radio yeah. basically the radio is insignificant. It's the signal that we pick up. And and Duncan Trussell's re- response to this, he was like, "Yeah, man." And then you got some radios cruising around thinking they're the Beatles. <laughs> wow! Yeah, <laughs> the, the Beatles went. They're not the fucking Beatles. They're that all, yeah, that all. Yeah, makes it, sense. It was pretty fucking. Uh, it, was, it was fun. I, you, I really like that guy. That was my favorite of all the podcasts I record. My episode with Duncan Trussell is like by far and away the favorite one of my uh, episodes of my podcast I've ever recorded. Opened your mind up a little bit. I, I mean, it was just I, I just felt like. Here's a guy I'd never met, but I still haven't met him because we were on Zoom. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's one like, of those relationships? Yeah, That's cool. and, and I just felt that I was just had this instant connection with this guy. I used, do you talk to him after that? Like, uh, I mean, we, we exchanged phone numbers, and, and you know, he's in North Carolina somewhere. Okay. And, and uh, you know, like I was in North Carolina, and it turned out he was hours and hours away. But uh, he's just a guy I have a lot of respect for. I have to talk to you, but I don't have to, but uh, about the BAM thing, because I know you've had him. On, I know at one point. I did. And I, and yeah. I only know the story from secondhand. <clears throat> and uh, and right. I remember like, yeah, man, like uh, if you're all asking him to be sober, that's probably a good idea. I don't feel like that's a hard right. ask. Yeah, but how did it, that it, all? It, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. When BAM was on my podcast, it was prior to um, them terminating his contract. For oh. The oh Bam, so- Bam, Bam was still... It, are you not? Are you guys talking? I I shot him a text 
today just to check in on him. Like, hey, man, where you at? Like, how you doing? Where, where you at? And he responds to Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I give him more than, like, the, the few hours it's been since then. But uh, I, I don't know where he is right now. I, I, I really don't But you know. guys are okay? Because I yeah. thought at one point he kind of personally hated everybody who was still in Jackass. He, like, uh, I maintained a relationship with him throughout. Like, okay, uh, the whole time. The, throughout all of the... Uh, and, and and I was somehow not in his crosshairs. Weird. Like you, uh, you escaped. Everybody else was in the shit, though, right? I mean, it was like the 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 powers that be of Jackass, being Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine and Spike Jones. You know, those. Oh, okay. Are, you know, I, I'm not a decision. I'm below. The right. Line. You didn't make the law, so I, you're okay. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. I'm I'm below the line. It was never my call. If anything, I, I the entire time, not the entire time, but but for for a great deal of time after they can't like terminated his movie deal and kicked him out. I was petitioning to get him back in. Oh, okay. You and know, let like, me ask you this. Were you petitioning to get him back in because it's not going to be jackass without him? Were you, or I, like, I, do you think him being sober while I, you're filming was a good idea? I felt that, um, that, I, I'm not going to say it's not going to be jackass without him, but but if the philosophy of, of Bam not being in the movie anymore was that he was on some level a a liability. Oh, well, if Bam has like the thing and then it's going to, you know, as it, whether he's in the movie or not in the movie, you're never going to break that, but there's always going to be that affiliation. If something terrible happens with Bam, that's going to affect the, the, yeah, okay. the you know that's going to affect the band the, the 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 franchise the family whatever you want to call it you can't like remove bam from that like there's there's the, there's the he, it's it's a family bond you know like he's and and you can't like you can't remove somebody from your family do you, you know? think that they made that rule because they wanted him to not be in it no they absolutely wanted Right. They, they, nobody, there was no nefarious. Right. They, they knew they, like, all why even try to make it and know that you don't want him in it? That wouldn't make any all sense. All anybody ever wanted was for Bam to be in it, for Bam to be healthy, for, you know. Um, and I know they've all helped you. Yeah, you know, At sure. one point I remember you saying like Johnny Knoxville gave me a look absolutely. that I'd never seen in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And it made me go with him. Knoxville. They, saved my fucking life. They fucking they, really they, committed themselves they, to saving they, they, you. And they, they saved my fucking life. And 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 with all the shit that Bam was talking about, about these guys, I'm like, I, I, I had to come out and say, Bam, like, you're you're talking about the same people who saved my life. Right. And and you're talking about that, what they what you're so mad at them for, there's them doing the same, trying to do the same thing for you that they did for me, which right. saved my life. You know, and he couldn't. It's a weird because I feel like out of all people, you're like a brother to him. Yeah. And I told you before the show started, you're the most, uh, like so far gone person that I knew that is beyond fucking together and excelling. Well, like you're the number one. You're the uh, what is it? Poster child. (laughs) You anybody that wants to like thinks they can't get it back? Look at him, because you are running shit, dude. And at one point, you were on the Howard Stern show. Scream, screaming yeah. about I was like man he is they, well, thank fucking you for gone that, man. thank you very much for that I, I, I believe strongly that um, addiction you know slash alcoholism is 
the only disease you can suffer from where you treat it and become better than you were before. Any other disease. Oh, wow. Yeah. Any other disease, the best you can hope for is to become as healthy as you were before you were stricken. Right. Whereas alcoholism and addiction, when you treat it, you become this improved version of yourself yeah. that was that you're better off for having suffered from the disease. Yeah. And and that's the case with me, absolutely. Because that's a really good way to look at it. Cause... I never did that. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm functioning at a level now that I simply would not have been capable yeah. of before I suffered from alcoholism and treated it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So and, and but that but now that that's the, the the good news. The bad news is that of all the people who suffer from addiction and alcoholism, I think it's some some really dismal fucking statistics. Like five percent right. achieve long term sobriety. Well, I remember you did sober living, and I remember thinking you were doing it for a long time, and I, I was like, until this I is had a, two years. Right. That's that's when I I was like, that's the difference because I. Yeah, I've been there and I didn't I right. didn't commit. I couldn't do it. Two and years of sober living, there's no way I could do it, which meant I fucking broke several times because I never did it the right way. Well, the, the the first time I went to rehab was 1995. I was 20 years old. And um way back. Way back. Yeah. Jackass didn't come out until the year 2000. And 1995, like, you know, I was like a homeless kid. I was fucking, you know, I mean, I suppose I had a car, but I was living out of the car. And yeah, I was just like. Why live out of a car if your family's, well, you like, fuck them? Did you was, ever falling out with your family? It wasn't that I was falling out. It's that I wasn't up to anything that they would have, uh, like, endorsed, you know, like, and I, I, I kind of. I think I had a level of pride with, you know, that like if, if I, I wasn't going to ask for a handout, you know, when I wasn't doing anything right. like, you know, I'd like, I wasn't doing anything that my parents would have been on any level fucking stoked about. <laughs> so I just considered myself on my own, Okay, <laughs> you know, and I was homeless for like three years. There was like three years of, uh, of uh, homelessness and couch surfing. And um, at that, uh, um, at that, I just got a, a, t- a total brain, brain fart for. Um, We're talking about BAM. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I got, it, it was, um, there was something fucking. Do you know what he was at? <laughs> oh yeah, resident rehab. Okay, so okay. I, so I was first I was, time. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. a homeless kid. I went to rehab, and while I was in this rehab, well, I was only 20 years old. I'm not like you know. I'm just like, what am I doing here? The, the reason I was in rehab was because I had been arrested for drunk driving in that car. Okay. And uh, but you, you know, weren't really like, out of control on drugs I, and I alcohol. I mean, I was showing up in jails and hospitals on a a a. a, a, a so somewhat alarming basis. I, I just like for I, just alcohol, or are you doing other stuff? I mean, I, I mostly alcohol. But what else? Like I was, I was pretty indiscriminate. You know, I hadn't developed like a cocaine habit at okay. that time yet. It's mostly just alcohol and uh, pills, and you know, like just whatever I could get. You know, whatever. Wow, whatever. at twenty you were like that. At twenty, <clears throat> yeah. Is this around the time you? When was the time when you backflipped 
Yeah, I, I broke my I broke my uh my skull. Like and and it, Wait, like, I'm thinking I'm talking about two you did a backflip at the at the at the Tampa Oh, that was year two thousand. Okay, wait. That was five years later. Okay. okay. But uh yeah, like it was nineteen ninety five. Um every dude, like November ninety four I had this fucking accident, I had the mm-hmm. surgery on my leg. As soon as I was able to walk in like January of uh ninety five I got all fucked up and threw myself off a second floor balcony at a keg party and landed on my face. I had a broken cheekbone, seven broken teeth, 10 stitches in my chin and a broken wrist. And um, my mom took pity on me because I had broken my teeth and she got me a dentist appointment to get my dentist, my, my teeth fixed. And I'd cast on my arm still. Well, I miss the fucking dentist appointment because I get arrested for drunk, drunk driving and I'm in jail, you know, like with this fucking, with my broken teeth, with the cast on my wrist. And, uh, and because I had a cast on my wrist, the people in the jail, they said that I had a potential weapon, which would give me, the cast was a potential weapon. They did not a, cut it off. They didn't cut it off. Okay. No, they didn't cut it off, but they, 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 they surmised that my cast would give me an unfair advantage if what about I had your face? Kind of... Did that give you an unfair advantage? <laughs> what, no, Wasn't but half your face broke off they, as they, well? They 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 put me in like the like the the holding with like the longest term inmates in the county jail because I had this fucking potential weapon. So they put you in the extremely in, tough. Basically. He's, he's got to be in the, the with the scarier people because I because I had a cast on my wrist. So That's I was just... like more freaked out than anything. And I called up my mom, collect call from from the jails. Mom, like like, hey, come bail me out. She says I'm not bailing you out of shit. Like, You're going straight to rehab. Oh, okay. So that was why I was in the rehab. Now while I was in the rehab, I'm not like I'm the only, my only reason for being there was because I didn't want to be in jail. You know, I wasn't, That's a good it was, reason. It was the condition for my mom to bail me out. Yeah. And, and and while I'm in this rehab, one of the counselors said something. Like, I forget what it was particularly, but maybe I think it was like only 5% of alcoholics and addicts ever achieve long-term sobriety. Yeah. And and I remember like being like so offended by that. Think like, okay, so this fucking asshole just told me that even if hypothetically I was really into the idea of committing myself to a life of recovery, that I would only have a fucking 5% chance. And I just like, I just wrote off the idea of it. You know, I just became yeah. resigned to this being my path. Like I'm not yeah. even going to fucking try because there's no chance. And so for the next 13 years after that, I just lived by that with that resignation that I was going to drink and use myself to death. But then when Knoxville did the intervention, when I'm like in the psych ward there, like all of a sudden, like the, the, those statistics, which had kept me loaded. Now all of a sudden those statistics like served to really motivate me. I get it. You know, because because once I because I am I am one of the five. Yeah, I am in yeah. the top five percent of making this. Watch and, me. And if 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 the if the day that I decided to to willingly go from the psych ward to rehab, and that was yeah, I've been sober ever since that day. If somebody magically appeared and said, "Hey, before you go and do this rehab thing, I just want to remind you, only five percent of you know alcoholics and addicts really make it with long term sobriety." I, I'm. I wouldn't have been phased by that. I'd be like, okay, so you're telling me it could be done. Right. I've beat bigger odds than that in everything I've ever done in my life. Right. You know, like, and, and, and more importantly, you know, it's crazy because I went from that psych ward to this hospital in Pasadena for rehab called uh, 
Las Encinas. And at that time, the, the, per, the, the, the director of the chemical dependency unit was our buddy, Dr. Drew Pinsky. Oh, sweet. So I go to Dr. Drew's rehab and, and, uh, I showed up like being, you know, admitted in, I'm talking to Dr. Drew and I said to him, I said, Hey, I said, Drew, I'm well aware that the odds are not in my favor. And like, I don't want to waste my fucking time. Like now I decided to be here and, 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 and I just don't want to waste my time. So I said to him, however long you suggest that I stay in this rehab, I want to stay significantly longer to give myself a better chance that this isn't going to be a big fucking waste of my time. Right. And he said, I'd love to hear that. Plus the fucking rehab, I think, I don't know how, how many, 30 grand a month. Like, I don't know what, it was a lot. And I'm trying to hand him a blank check, you know, to, to keep me. And he said, hey, I don't recommend that you be here longer than 30 days. But if you are so serious about recovery, then I, I recommend you go into a sober living. Because going back into the same environment that got you where you're at, it's just like nobody's you know, gonna understand. No one. And and I that was just my it. attitude from from right when I got there. I said that, you know, and so those statistics that had kept me loaded were now keeping me sober because I knew that I had to like make this such a priority that I had to give myself every advantage that I had to do everything to protect. All right. So then you get that going and then i remember for the longest time like you you're i guess you were addicted to porn as well uh or was that I just mean, a thing that is triggered it triggers everything else porn wasn't particularly helpful um but but i was like the, the, i had issues with compulsive sexual acting out for sure you know so like, a little bit of an addiction with that as well yeah i mean i was just like you know that how many chicks can I hook up with was always like my, you know, right. my highest goal was to just hook up with lots of chicks. Right. And um, I, I suppose that's fine, you know, to a certain degree. I mean, if they all want to, then yeah. Right. But then like I, I had this awful fucking habit of like becoming infatuated with the woman and then like pouring on the charm to really rope her in and get her on the hook. And then I would like hook up with her, you know, have sex. And it just like a light switch went off. I would just all of a sudden just completely lose interest in this person and do the whole ghost routine, oh. you know? And, and you just, kept doing that. Yeah. Oh dude, I did it. I did it so many fucking times and it's just I mean like, you know, they say that, uh, you know, you should treat others the way you want to be treated yourself. Yeah. And in doing that, I was distinctly treating others the way I most fear being treated myself. Yeah. Because I'm like such a sensitive little guy. Like, is this a childhood thing? Like, did your parents God, I mean, show I think, that? I think, that's lot, what... I think a lot of sex shit is, is childhood trauma. Because that happened to me too. I feel like there was a big realization where yeah. I was like, oh my God, you're you don't you're have to be sick. Dog, Freud. and you kind of thought it was yeah. cool. Like you don't have to be Sigmund Freud to know that I've got real fucking issues with rejection and abandonment. And so here I am routinely fucking roping to like making it there, you know. Doing taking the power back. Fucking, yeah. And so that like I was treating people the way that I most don't want to be treated and right. doing it over and over and over. Because somebody did that to you, though, obviously. And, and on top of that, you know, like 
I was approaching 40 years old. I was on this comedy tour, you know, like where I would do meet and greet with the entire audience. And invariably, and I would try my best to go through the entire audience to find someone to act out with, you know? And as I'm doing that approaching 40, I just felt like, all right, I'm becoming just like a kind of a pathetic dude. You know, like that's what the, your assessment was for for it's just not fucking cool anymore. Like just acting out sexually like and I, then you completely cut it off. Well, right. I believed that that future happiness was was really contingent upon me learning how to be in a healthy relationship. I felt so like at first like, you did not have a relationship. And did you right, do well, therapy up, for it? Or? I, I ended up going to therapy. I ended up going to uh, a, a sex addict treatment program. Okay, for how long? I, like, uh, it, it was uh, like two weeks. That that like intensive outpatient program. But, oh shit! But that was just an introduction to this like community of of you know sex addicts in recovery. Okay. So I got I got really in, got really into that, and um, and it helped obviously. It that like I I owe to that I owe to that my the relationship I'm in now. That's why like, I was, I've, I, I've spent I've, I'm I'm five years almost. Not quite, but almost five years uh, since I've put my dick anywhere it didn't belong. <laughs> you know. Okay, I get that. It took me, wait. Yeah. Okay, I understand. Yeah, like so I was. Ha- I'm happy because I knew that at one point you were like, I had, I saw one person and it fucking didn't work, and I could tell you were like, that's the one bit that I haven't got sorted out yet. Right. And then I just see posts where I'm like, oh, this is. This is he's saying, "Hey, look at me and my wife, my sorry, my girlfriend." Yeah, my fiance, and yeah. well, congratulations. Thanks. And I think you made a few comments about, you know, I'm totally going to bone her tonight. Sure, and I'm right, like, right, right, I'm right. like, wow, okay, that's official. That means that he's yeah, yeah, using yeah. it. For sure. I mean, yeah, we we joke around. A but a lot bit, of like, work uh, was put it's, into it's that. A lot, it's a lot of fucking work, man. There's 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 no doubt. And um like it, I I think that um yeah, like when like when I was when I was getting loaded and just fucking constantly just creating fucking wreckage and then just wasting time getting loaded, making terrible fucking decisions and just creating problems. Yeah, that got in the way of my productivity. You yeah. know, like no doubt. And and certainly getting clean and sober uh was a major move in the right direction. But the Amount of fucking time suck that chasing pussy around. Just the <laughs> amount of time that goes out the window and got my buddies with their fucking swiping with the tear yeah. and all that shit. Like it, it's 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 inconscionable how much fucking time is wasted <laughs> just trying to fucking chase pussy around. Like and then add on top of that all of the the, the attendant stress and like terror of like fucking like consistently putting yourself at the health risks. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God, where did I put my dick in? Oh my God, I go to the go to the doctor and get tested. Oh fuck. Like, you know, and then on top then the other layer of like where you're just mistreating people, you know, like with the whole ghost routine. It's just a fucking black cloud, all of it. And and like to to have gotten into the work of, of being able to be in a healthy relationship. Now, dude, that just frees up so much time for me to just focus my attention, my energy on, on what I want to be doing. And on top of that, now, Ad, I've got this great partner who helps me accomplish right. what I want to. It's just like, wow, like I'm, I'm not wasting time. 
But to initially put in that amount of work and be that disciplined, for you look like, yeah, you, the outcome, you did it, but holy shit, man, kudos to you because well, that's thanks, a long dude. time. And I remember there was a, you know, dude, you, yeah, thanks, man. And dude, a lot of trials and tribulations it, it, dude, there. And it, it's some tenuous shit, man. I, like, it's a constant fucking work. I could, like, you can't, in, on any level of, of, uh, of of recovery, you can never be complacent. You know, it's just like it's a daily reprieve, man. You got to be so fucking careful and and all that. Is it um, tiring? I mean, not as tiring as the fucking disaster. The That's a good point. you know, it's a pretty the, easy the, decision the, when you put it like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it. What's tough is like you know, everywhere you look, there's some fucking super hot chick, you know, and you feel hard done by because you know you're in like your little like you know your your little one vagina world, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but what, what an incredibly depressing way to look at. It. <laughs> but but that's an addict's way to look at things, right? For sure. sure. Like for that's sure. my my mind could do that, right? But the, but the reality is. That it's like any kind of addiction, you know, like once too many, a thousand is never enough. And yeah. like as soon as soon as I step, take that one step, then my life becomes a fucking disaster. So like just for my life to not be a disaster, God, am I grateful for the wonderful situation that I'm in. Yeah, super good idea. The whole thing was a really good idea. Well, thanks, man. Because you're a likable guy now. Well, thanks, dude. Yeah. I mean, I... I Still struggle with, with. I didn't see you before you got sober, but I just heard you on the Stern show. You were talking shit on me at one point. And I was like, "What the I fuck, forget, man!" I like, what, where'd uh, you get so? You, like, it wasn't. It, it didn't. I can't. I can't I, remember I, I, how many other people were on that list as I got right, reeled into right, it. Like, right. I was like, "That guy's a fucking poser." And fuck Ellis. And fuck I, the I, government. And fuck like I, I do. Everybody I, was I getting do vaguely recalled, but I'm, but but and I I remember. I think that we sorted that out years ago oh yeah yeah oh and, i wasn't and and i'm i'm fortunate to not even remember what the notion I was, was i don't remember exactly what it was you were just like fuck him he's a piece of shit or something and i it had to do with you were bam's guy and bam was angry at oh. me so you were just jumping on that but i remember at the time hearing it and i don't like people not liking me especially people <laughs> i know and right. i was like oh really but you sounded so bad that i was like Man, I hope he's okay. Like, I didn't even, I forgot about the insult and more about, like, are you okay? Because Stone Show was like, yeah, let it rip, Steve-O, and, and you were. But I was like, man, it's not really that healthy yeah. what's happening right now. It, it, got, it got dark, man. Uh, with the Tyson stuff, because I know you, you're, uh -huh. like, friends with him, and you went to rehab with him, right? I was locked up in a psychiatric ward with him, just randomly. I was in a psych ward, and he shows up as a patient in the same psych ward. So you guys became friends in there. We had we had a it, we were in the psych ward together in 2008. But back in 2005, we did like fucking like 5 grams of cocaine together. Oh, okay. And so like you knew night. him before you We had one epic night of just me and him locked in a bathroom for hours on end tearing through like an insane amount of cocaine. Wow. Yeah, the it good was, stuff, though. I obviously. mean, I, I like I had. Was it his? It was mine. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> dude, it was. So, I mean, I've told the story a million times, but uh, it was just so fucking fascinating how, like, you know, he's, he's like, "You got any coke?" And we get locked up in this bathroom. He's 
he asked me for a cigarette and, and rolls the cigarette back and forth between his fingers so that all the tobacco falls out. And he's right. just got this like off. this this cylinder of, of paper with the filter on it. But what you're describing would be like you mix the tobacco with the cocaine. Tyson put nothing but powder cocaine into the cylinder of paper. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, is that there's, I'm like, there's no way that's going to fucking work. I can't. Right. Wait, can't. did he burn it or use it as a tube to like snort? He, he just, it was a cylinder of cigarette paper and nothing but, and he put nothing but powder cocaine into it and he kept loading it up and loading it up. And he, and then I think he, he pulled the little filter out. Of it from the the the, the cotton phase yeah. of the filter, and he just somehow fucking made it work. I was so smoked it. Absolutely, he smoked it. Yeah, it was the most fascinating fucking thing I I ever saw. And I just he just did did it again and again and again. And that's how we got through five grams of cocaine in this just one kept session. Smoking it. Huh? It was just this crazy fucking like drug addict science fair project going on <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> crazy the techniques that you learn when you yeah, do stuff like that i know that. dude and it was it was really really fucking fascinating and uh you know i think that um like that some we just got along great but then all the coke was gone and then it was like okay man <laughs> the next one <laughs> yeah it was just clearly time for me to go but i remember like uh, the parting words that night after just hours of doing cooking with Mike Tyson, he says, man, Steve, everybody got you wrong. You know, you're a really smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can uh, see him saying that yeah. because I feel like He's, I think he's a fucking really smart guy, too. So are you. Think, well, yeah, he I figured out that like cocaine doobie that. thing. Yeah. I, so, someone taught me the Cocoa Puff thing, and I started doing that when I lived in Carlsbad. And I remember I, I Is that like a, in the Tusk days. Yeah, I might. I think this might have been before the XYZ fucking. And you know, it might have been brothers. around that time. I was on Ennis, so it was Matt Hensley's clothing line. Oh, okay. So I might have been. I can't remember. You weren't where. doing that with Matt Hensley. No, definitely not. <laughs> but Matt was super cool with me being me, which was because I would go over to the to the the warehouse and be like, because they had a mini ramp. And I'm like, what are you guys up to? And I remember one time rolling, I was like, cool if I smoke some weed in the back? And Matt's like, yeah, no problem. And I had like a big spliff that I smoked in the warehouse. And he was like, everyone's like, dude, you're smoking out the clothes. And I was like, Matt said I could smoke it. And then Matt's <laughs> like, maybe, maybe go out in the back with that. And I was like, yeah, no worries. You just have to ask, but really blindly like rude with that shit. But I remember smoking a bunch of that and, and, and I ran out of cigarettes so I just started smoking coke out of the bong, and I. But you don't want to bubble the coke through the water, I don't think. I think uh, you compromise your. Compromise your what? I think you compromise your uh, potency of oh. your hit. Yeah, it's probably well, not the most efficient way to use your cocaine. It was the first time I ever had heart palpitations from doing cocaine. I was oh, like, okay. "Oh, I'm in trouble right now." I had to calm down and go to Ennis and smoke a bunch of uh, doobies and Skadi's mini ramp. And yeah. then I was fine. Are you in touch with, with Hensley now? Nah, I haven't talked to him for the longest fucking, time. What a legend. Have you man. talked to him? No, but... Uh, I see him. Like, I follow him on Instagram, so I see that he's out there still fucking... Whatever that thing's called. Yeah, my buddy Tommy Caudill. I was asking him about Hensley. That's right. I know Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's great. Tommy had to call me and kick me off XYZ while Tuss was standing there laughing. 
Ah, damn. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fucking much. kick you off. It's like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's too Getting bad. Gay. I, mean, I got gay bashed off the fucking team. We're, we're uh. Was there, was, was there much to lose in that? <laughs> like I don't I can't imagine. Uh, I, I mean, to me, it was more about such a prestige thing. I was the in the was. cool. We, you know, I mean, it's tough to be cool and a vert guy. And I was. Right. We were a cool group of vert guys. People okay. were like, "These dudes are the shit." And all of a sudden, I was a homo. So that was the end of that. Tusk got real mad at. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. It's over now. Doesn't well, matter. Yeah, but what's the last you've heard of Tuss? He unfortunately has has my phone number. I probably oh, shouldn't yeah. say this. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a text message about I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but it's he's reached out to me a couple of times trying to be friendly. I don't have any ill will towards him. I'm just I think that you know my, people certain people. Best yeah. of luck to you. You know, I gotta. I it's it's in anxious. You're so negative, and I don't care if you've changed your life. You you make me nervous. I just don't want right. to know you. I think it'd the, be best. The documentary, all this mayhem about yeah. the, about the Puppets Brothers. That's right. I was, was in that. Yeah, the, I didn't get asked were. about it. They just put me in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, me either. I, I, I was delighted to find myself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, that was kind of like because he started talking shit on Tony about right, right, right. stuff that wasn't true. And I'm like, and there, then the only reason I know that is because people kept asking me. Right. I like, mean, dude, the, 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 the Tony bashing was just over the top. Yeah. And it was this like revisionist history that just like was, uh, I mean, it's just, it was, it was an entertaining documentary, no doubt. Yeah. Um, He's a fucking amazing skateboarder, man. Yeah, one of the best to ever do yeah. it. He was, he, he uh, definitely was. But boy, did he believe that too at one point, you know? Right. He's a little bit of a conner, you know. Just yeah. Um, but but, but you could tell that uh, you know to whatever extent he was acknowledging his own addiction in that documentary. Oh yeah. Like well yeah I mean you could like, I think he was like the end of it you found him like in like uh. Some was he the one or was it Ben with the cocaine going through the airport? Because that was part. Well, they of the both document. did it. Ben got caught one time and then he got stuck in Australia, and that's how he ended up going right. even further down. Right, but but, but Tuss, yeah, Tuss had the skateboards with yeah, the yeah, cocaine. Yeah, yeah. That's right, Tuss- and they were like really. Th- he said they were like this thick. <laughs> he like painted it to look like a skateboard, and he realized in customs that there was no way they were going to believe him, so he just tried to bolt. <laughs> out the out the front of customs and the there, like, there, there are why some, is this guy sprinting there, there are some parallels between the the Hasoy story and the Tuss story in that right? in that in that respect it gets to you you get to man i swear it's our little world man like we don't know about the rest of the world like if you're the king of our world you're the king of the world right and Christian right. at one point could not do anything wrong no matter what he did right. and same with Tuss like at one point i was like I can honestly say what you're doing to me is fucking unfair and unjustified. I'd tell you guys if there was some dark story where I accidentally, I mean, I did something. I did not. He just fucking flipped on me and tried to make everybody in the community, my little world, hate me. To the point where I went home. I went to, I retired from skateboarding because I'm like, I'm not going to a contest where half the fucking ramp thinks I'm gay and, and hates me. Or I, I just don't want to fight or so that, be that, in a fight. That that would have that happened during the uh, the Armageddon era. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't I remember. I recall being at the Armageddon warehouse with that big, gigantic ramp that just bankrupted all of these companies. <laughs> wait, is that... Is there I mean, facts to that? That ramp, like, cost them too much? I mean, dude, fuck yeah, dude. Probably Danny, right? Because he just... Yeah, I mean, dude, I think that that ramp fucking... That warehouse bankrupted the whole deal, dude. Well, then, because like, they that warehouse came back, and then it was the DC ramp. And then I believe Ken was paying for it at that point. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I hope so. Perhaps. But, but I seem to recall you skating, and you were trying, like, uh, gay twists, like, for the guy... Going, going back up in like a frontside cabalarial type. Deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, frontside cabs. Yeah, knowing you, of course you're doing gay twists. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that set up for. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Did they, I mean, you know, they don't call that anymore. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't call that. And it's the same with, uh, what is it, Les Twist? They're not Les Twist. Oh, yeah. And what was the other one? Tony broke it down because the mute air is right? no longer a mute air. It's a Weldon because the guy that invented it was mute and and everybody in the game just called it. A f- no, he's not mute. Sorry, he's deaf. And they called him a mute and he was not. And then he found out years later that it was named after him, but he didn't make it up. So the- mute grab, you grab mute for yeah. Japan air. Yep, yep. And it's a Weldon. That's what Tony calls it now. And oh, I yeah. believe in Tony Hawk's Pro Skateboarder, it is now a Weldon. Wow. So he's like I'm trying mute to. mute because the guy who who invented the mute grab. Was a deaf guy. Was a deaf guy. And, they and the skateboarders just thought he was a mute, so they called it a mute air. Wow. I'm surprised there's not more of the, of examples of that type of thing. Well, I think I think the only, I can't believe he didn't know for that long that he invented the, the, right. the mute air. Sorry, Weldon. But I, I, oh, so that's the, the, the guy, the deaf guy's name's Weldon? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, what... Did did he have any say in Tony in... asked him. Oh, okay. Would you like it to be the Weldon or, or something else? That's and he's good. like that's... See, see Tony, man. Right? I know, dude. I know. <laughs> he just... does it to every skateboarding is saved by this man so many dude. times. Tony dude, Tony Hawk, man. Wait a minute. I was I was I had some crazy like resentment fucking I was recording a podcast and I told some fucking like super just like toxic just venomous story and, and then i was and then, i mean it's besides the point but i remember like like uh having just recorded i was like i was like i'm gonna put it i'm gonna put it out i'm gonna put it in there we're not editing now fuck that guy and then fucking just didn't fucking you know and and, I was, and and clearly i was i was uh you know conflicted about the whole situation and, and, and where i resolved my own little inner dialogue my little inner debate my struggle I, I I I had the thought, fucking Tony Hawk would never fucking do that. <laughs> you know, Man, Tony Hawk. Would what never... would Tony Hawk do? Is a good way to look at stuff. It, it really is, dude. Like if I made that call before every decision, it would, it would have been a better decision. <laughs> yeah, Tony Hawk would not put some fucking no. negative fucking shit talking. Yeah, right? like, you know, I know. Like, what's the point? I'd be like, ah, oh, yeah, smart guys. <laughs> Is, good point. There is no point. Yeah, to that. you, you got to tell Tony that. <laughs> <laughs> that we now, we all base our decisions on what would Tony do. <laughs> a really good way to back out of a lot of fucking problematic. It'd be a cool. I would like to make that like a promo for so, like a make a like a commercial. The, the what would Tony Hawk do? Yeah, would Tony Hawk do that? <laughs> <laughs> Think to yourself before you do that. 
funny too because like you know anytime you see somebody trending on social media that you admire and you're like oh fuck this is either really good or really bad Tony trends on Twitter every other day and I you never break a sweat it's like oh yeah. Tony was spotted eating a cheeseburger and yeah. that is why he's trending he trended yeah. the other day without him doing anything yeah. people just brought up that he was doing that like uh, people meet him and say you look like Tony Hawk thing. All right, and that I mean, just dude, retrended again. It's pretty incredible. Like you see, like on Twitter, and he's he explains all these little scenarios that he finds himself in, like being recognized. He's like this person, and he writes it like like a script, you know, attributing yeah. lines to whoever. And I, I I look at some of those, and I think, man, like anybody else trying, like you know, like sort of publishing some account of like being recognized as a celebrity. Like it would just be like, no, like no. <laughs> but, but, but when Tony does it, it's perfectly fucking rad. Yeah, because there's a different <laughs> dynamic. He's got a, everyone who recognizes him is an immediate child again, if not a child right there. Like it's, right. you turn into a fucking, from wherever you first heard of him, that's how old you become when you see him at the airport. Yeah. You go, man, you look like Tony Hawk. And, you, and, and right. they know, they know. And I just think that he's just got this great, like, you know, self-deprecating disposition. He just doesn't take himself so know, seriously. Right? He's so, so normal. he's able to relate these things where he's this fucking icon in a way that's, like, got humility. And it's, like, the least humble thing to be doing to be, you know, relating these encounters. It's 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 fucking fascinating to me. Yeah, I, I like just being being there for them now. Like when someone <laughs> goes, hey, man, you know who you look like? I go, ooh, good, go. <laughs> go ahead, do your exchange. I can't right. wait to watch it. Like I just love watching him go, yeah, yeah I've heard that. And then they go, mm. And I'm like, mm-hmm, <laughs> it is. Yeah, dude. Well, so fucking A, man. I love it, dude. It's, it's so... So you got we're, this is the Jason Ellis show, yeah, and and you've got Hawk versus Worlds, just yeah. the two podcasts, yeah, and then we have a Patreon, okay, because you know, the Jason Ellis show fans are so used to a paid subscription that when we moved to podcasting, we were, someone was like, "Dude, do a Patreon," and that that held us over. We're living off Patreon, okay, good, like yeah, four podcast, extra hours a week. On, yeah. In addition to the the free right, one, right, we do will here. we break off any of this to make it exclusive for Patreon? No. Why do you think we should? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'm fucking. Just, well, uh, wait a minute. What would Tony Hawk do? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna take a break, and if you want to catch the rest, we'll yeah, be on Patreon. I'll, I'll fucking take a piss, so we can shoot the really? shit a little oh more. Oh my the god, Patreon that's people. such a heavy hitter. Okay, I will do that. All right, cool. All right, thanks everybody for listening yeah. to the show. Remember, if you want to catch. If you want to catch more of this, go to patreon.com slash alicemate. Don't die. Boy, boy. Quiet, Steve. If you want more Jason Ellis show, sign up for their Patreon at patreon.com slash alicemate for a two-hour show every Tuesday and Wednesday. To watch full episodes of The Jason Ellis Show, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash The Jason Ellis Show. And don't forget to follow the crew on Instagram at Wolfmate, at Tollywood, at Kevin Craft, at Underwearwolf, and at The Jason Ellis Show.
Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to... I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22.